Hello, and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. And joining us for the first of our Halloween-ish adjacent episodes, we have a special guest. Um, She's got it all sorted out, including our podcast (laughs) title card. (laughs) It's Alex! Hi! I'm Alex. (laughs) Alex, I I gotta ask, is Fierce your legal name now, or is that just a goof? Um, we haven't done the paperwork yet, but yes, Fierce will be our legal name. Okay, that's pretty okay. baller. <laughs> um, you can't. I don't have the the camera on, but we have a, a giant paper airplane that had uh, "feral" and "fierce" <laughs> written across it. And like after the ceremony, we folded it in half so the letters came together to read "fierce." Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, which is yeah. Uh, JD works in a school, and like the kids, he's like, "No, you call me Mister Fierce now," and the kids love it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Alex, tell us about yourself and your pronouns and why you're here. Right, um, cool. I'm Alex, she, her pronouns. I'm here to reboot a show that I spent most of this week binge watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you, what do you folks know about gargoyles? I remember... Big strong man. <laughs> I vaguely remember watching it on, I think it. we were on the Disney Channel. We were watching it at my great uncle's house. And there were two <laughs> of my first cousins once removed sitting with me because I come from one of those large families where like a generation back, there was like seven children. <laughs> <laughs> this is relatable. Yeah. I understand this. <laughs> I remember big strong man, Goliath, hold me in your muscular arms. <laughs> Um, I'm glad that's a thing that you remember. I have several page of notes that are written on, like, actual paper, <laughs> because I'm that kind of person. Um, and- Oh, and, and, um, I was telling my mom that this was the topic we were going to be discussing today, and she didn't remember what the show was until I mentioned that Jonathan Frakes was on it. Who was that? That sounds familiar. Xanatos. Xanatos! Okay, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, Riker yeah. from Star Trek. Nice, 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 nice. Nice. Which my mother does not watch Star Trek, but for some reason, as soon as I mentioned Jonathan Frakes, she's like, ah, yes, the Jonathan Frakes show. <laughs> um, Goliath is voiced by, uh, shoot, I'm blanking on his name. Keith David. Keith David, thank yeah. you. Um, and, which is incredible. It's very good. <laughs> uh, gosh, he did a, I think that he did a voiceover in an episode of Community, and it had bothered me for years as to, like, where do I recognize that voice from? And then I started rewatching Gargoyles, and I realized that that's where I knew it from. <laughs> Which is wild. Yeah, just reading the Wikipedia article, a-, a lot of Star Trek alumni were on Gargoyles at some point. Oh, I didn't know that! That's so good! Yeah, uh, Deanna Troy, uh, Michael Dorn, who plays Worf, Kate Mulgrew, who was, uh, Catherine Janeway, Nichelle Nichols, uh, Brent Spiner, who played Data, Avery Brooks, who played uh, Commander Sisko, and oh, 
Colm Meany, who played Miles O'Brien in Deep Space Nine, and LeVar Burton. Incredible. Yeah. Um, also, the show Gargoyles is very good. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, my, my goal is to single-handedly bring this show back into the popular... Uh, popularity? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I want to. I want to bring Garbo's back <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I want everyone to be watching it. Um, yeah, let's reboot it. Let's do it. What's your plan? Um, so we have three options. I have. I have notes. I don't know how how you want me to organize this, but I can just ramble if you want. Just ramble. That's okay. usually the best, the best results. Yeah. All right. So, should I describe the show a little bit first? Uh, yeah, sure. Just in case people haven't watched Gargoyles, Gargoyles is very much something that if you didn't watch it growing up, you probably haven't heard about it. Yeah. Um. I do remember watching it like on TV as a child, and not realizing that it had as much ongoing stuff as it did. Like as a kid, I didn't super pay attention to it, but having just rewatched it, there is so much like, continuity and ongoing story and, like, melodrama, and it's very good. Uh, but the concept of the show... <laughs> I keep waving my arms around. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't see me, it's fine. The concept of the show is that a thousand years ago, I mean, this was, like, 1995, so a thousand years ago from then, a clan of living gargoyles, which are, you know, big, scary statue people, um... The term gargoyle actually does not refer to what they are, but instead like an aqueduct sort of architectural thing. But it's similar enough that the name carries over. Uh, some living gargoyles who turn to stone at night but are alive during the day are sort of put under a magic spell to where they, they are asleep forever until um, the parameters of the spell are that they will stay stone until the castle arises above the clouds. So, flash forward a thousand years, and billionaire Tony Stark type Xanatos uh, buys the entire castle, carries it across the Atlantic Ocean, intact, wholly intact, <laughs> drops it on top of a, a <laughs> drops it on top of a skyscraper, and now the castle has risen above the clouds, and the, the spell is broken, and the gargoyles live again, um, and now they're in New York. And they fight crime and stuff. <laughs> That's the show. It's as bonkers as that sounds, but it takes itself, like, seriously. Like, it, it's this very bizarre concept, but it, it handles it in such, like, it's so well done. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Especially considering that as it goes on, they don't just fight crime, they also fight, like, robots and oh, yeah. uh, cyborgs and uh, what else did they fight there is uh, tim curry was a scientist that turned people into gargoyles but not really like these weird cat gargoyle people yeah um which is delightful and horrifying uh genetically altered cat boys yeah and then also, there's like all all myths were true yeah and there's so much like it's basically shakespearean fan fiction yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. time traveling Shakespeare characters. <laughs> yeah, um Macbeth is there. Uh 
I mean, King Arthur's not Shakespeare, but King Arthur is there. Um, Oberon and Titania, the Weird Sisters, um, oh gosh, I know there's more, but I'm blanking on them. Basically, like, everything is a Shakespeare reference. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's incredible and very good. Um, yeah, like, every, every mythological everything is real, and they encounter a lot of them, and it's very fun. And also there's sci-fi bullshit. Uh, and there's time travel, but it's, like, good time travel, and (laughs) there's, like, flashbacks to, like, their story a thousand years ago, and, like, ways that it influences their story in the present, and it's all just very good. (laughs) Which, right, anyway. Uh, so the show ends, and despite being fairly critically acclaimed, it wasn't as good as Batman, the animated series, which is what it was created to uh, go up against, basically. It it did have a lot of Bruce Timm-ness to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's clearly inspired by the style of that show, and was developed as, like, a direct... Um, I know how to say words. Direct competition. That's what I was looking for. Um, it was, it, yeah, it was developed as, like, direct competition for the animated Batman show. But it wasn't as good as Batman, because people love Batman. And so it eventually got cancelled. Despite being very, very good. So let's bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Let's do this. <laughs> um, as I said before, there are three options that I can see. Either... Do a full-on reboot, start from scratch, tell the story again. Or, we do a spin-off following a separate group of characters. The show establishes multiple um, viable separate groups that you could follow for a spin-off. Or, we could do a sequel show uh, doing something similar, but feeding more into the original stuff. Do you guys have thoughts on this? Uh... Well, okay, so... <laughs> I have notes for each of these options. Excellent. Um, Full-on reboot uh, is a good idea because, again, it's not as well-known outside of the people of the generation that already watched it. Mm -hmm. So, like, if we're starting from scratch, that helps bring a new audience in. Yeah. Um, And also, a lot of the stuff you could do in uh, the other options is stuff you could still do. Yeah, you can still do that at some point. Um, I do like the idea of a spin-off too, because then you could have like Canadian gargoyles. <laughs> uh yes. If if I were to say Disney were like, hey, you've been put in charge of a gargoyle spin-off, do whatever the fuck you want. I'm allowed to swear, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, if Disney was like, do whatever the fuck you want with this show, personally, I there is a clan of Japanese gargoyles that uh, we meet in the show uh, who have their own sort of, like, culture and, like, their own sort of setup, and there's enough of a group there that you could make a whole show about them, and I would absolutely go in that direction if I were doing a spinoff. You still totally could explore that if we were to just reboot the show entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me find my reboot notes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, 
We're starting over from the ground up. The, the, a lot of the concepts of the original show are still very strong and worth keeping, but I feel like what it is in dire need of more than anything else is updating. <laughs> the show is from the mid-90s, and watching it, it is very, very clear that it is from the mid-90s. <laughs> Um, uh, for example, ooh, there's a noisy car outside. (laughs) Um, sorry. For example, um, the main human character, uh, Alisa Maza, who is actually, um, for the time, I'm, I'm super impressed with what they did with her character. She was a cool badass lady, she was half black, half Native American, um, she was largely the only human face that you see for most of the show. Like, she's the only mm-hmm. one that's there consistently. Um, and she's super cool and, like, a very cool lady. She's also a cop. <laughs> Which, <laughs> um, here We in, can work around that. Here in the year 2020, I think we may need to tweak that a little bit. Yeah. Um, private detective. Yeah. Private detective or... Um, a concept that I think would be really, really fun is have her be a historian. Oh, Maybe working for a museum. Um, have her sort of bridge the gap between their past and the, and the, the present. Because she would have sort of this overlay of knowledge between, like, what they knew as, you know, a thousand years ago or whatever versus everything in between up to, up to the present. And the show does sort of skim over the whole, (laughs) what should have been a fairly long process of adjusting and transitioning from 900 to 1990 or whatever it was um (laughs) they just sort of arrive in New York yeah there isn't even like a language barrier no yeah there's nothing so, like, have her be a historian and have her sort of help them transition from the past to the present. That's would be so good. <laughs> I do like that concept. Um, I want to say I don't necessarily want Elisa to fill that role, though, because that does feel like it's kind of taking her out of the action. Like, she was very yeah. much an action hero as much as the gargoyles were. Absolutely. So, So what if that role was filled by Hudson's blind friend, Jeffrey. Ooh, Jeffrey. Okay. That's good, too. Jeffrey um, the blind black man, because I feel like every cartoon in the 90s want to have their own Ray Charles. Um, <laughs> we, cause I just, we just recorded our episode of Sorted on this, and at which point when we got to him in the, in the lightning bolt round, I had to stop and be like, he's my favorite character in the show. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cool. Um... And yeah, no, that's incredibly valid. And I that is something that I thought about. And uh, this is where it sort of gets blended into my notes about a sequel show. Because having a historian as the human for a sequel show was more of my uh, leaning for that. But there's also, personally, I would want to sort of turn the show away from the blowing stuff up. And fighting bad guys and um, punching people direction and more in sort of the the direction of like, 
mystery and the the magic side of things and sort of exploring problems that like only the gargoyles could like effectively combat um okay so much of the original show is just like they're stopping muggings and they're fighting (laughs) bank robbers and i mean that's not so much of the big overarching plot but it feels like their talents could be better used (laughs) (laughs) so so what you're saying kind of is you want this you want to take Instead of this being a Batman competitor, you almost want this to be a Superman competitor. A little bit, yeah. Because, like, I feel like at this point in time, do we need another punching bad guys show? Depends on the bad guys being punched. That's like, if valid. there's episodes where the gargoyles just go ham on some neo Nazis, I'm down. That's valid. That's valid. <laughs> That's absolutely something that the original show would have done, though. <laughs> <laughs> A Superman story, when done right, is a little bit more cerebral. Yeah. It is closer to a Star Trek, which we already had so many Star Trek people on. Yeah. And that would be really cool to get, like, so many of those people back into it, too. It would be very cool. Yeah. Maybe not not all of them. Maybe not Will. Maybe not Janeway. That's fine. (laughs) But, yeah. Like, I feel like the success of, like, modern cartoons, like... Gravity Falls or DuckTales, um, like that kind of style where it's like maybe a little bit goofier, but there's like an ongoing plot that's like drenched in like mystery and like an unknown. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because something <laughs> just looking at the slight, not not full on that direction, but slightly more like just looking at the character list, they pull a lot from mythology so you could maybe do the initial premise is like aside from the gargoyles there's obviously magical artifacts out there so there's a bit of that like indiana jones hey we gotta find something national treasure maybe a little bit yes yeah that's exactly what i'm trying to shift it more in that direction okay yeah (laughs) national treasure is a great (laughs) great uh example of what i'm trying to get at um, because, yeah, so much of, like, it's basically, like, every folklore, every d- mythological everything is real, um, so set it up so that the gargoyles are here to deal with that, rather than the sort of everyday human problems <laughs> <laughs> that could be fixed by, I don't know, anyone not a magical creature. I'm yeah. just bored of seeing bad guys get punched. <laughs> We're here to help stop the evil fairies who Xanatos has given mech suits to. Exactly. That, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, ex- that's something that would happen. Well, if we're keeping this in New York, it's full of museums. And I was just looking up like the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And oh, look, mummy collection. That's a couple episodes right there. (laughs) (laughs) There is an episode, um, there's like a whole arc where they end up sort of traveling around the world because of some magic boat bullshit that sends them where they need to be. Um, (laughs) uh, And so they do at one point end up in Egypt and I think they fight literally the god Anubis. Uh, (laughs) Anubis... Yeah, Anubis, it, it's fine. It wasn't Anubis's fault. Anubis came out on top. 
It was some humans <laughs> trying to, well, bring back his dead son. But it's fine. Can we please get a chill Anubis? <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, people are like, oh, Anubis, he's a death god. He's got to be evil. And it's like, no, he was just like, he helped you get to the afterlife. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's essentially how Anubis was betrayed okay. uh, in the show. He was just like, I'm just doing my job. Like, everyone <laughs> dies. And, like, it's not your right to decide who dies when or gets brought back to life or whatever. Like, you're just a human. Go live your human life. I do control the speed of die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm just doing my job. Look, I, I've, I've got to do this and i got to make sure that Ra gets past Apophis so that the sun rises in the morning. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Anubis is good. Um, let's make Anubis a recurring character <laughs> but we can only use him a limited amount of time because again uh, it's 5 30 in, in the morning uh I... oh yeah once the i mean once the sun comes up the gargoyles are useless yeah <laughs> this show takes place almost exclusively at night yeah and this isn't gotham where it's just perpetually dark and overcast no, I mean, it is daytime sometimes, but the gargoyles are stone, unless they're Demona, who turns into a human during the day, but that's a different- that's something else, never mind, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, y'all know Puck? <laughs> that's from Shakespeare. Yeah. He's a- he's a character. <laughs> he sure is. Who... Now we're getting into spoiler territory. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's not spoilers that he exists in the show. But it, but we have if we're gonna talk about Puck, we have to get into some spoilers. Yeah, let's let's not let's skirt around that because it's incredible and I lost my mind. Um, okay, storyline. <laughs> I don't want to ruin that for anyone. Y'all y'all, if you're gonna watch Gargoyles on, I'm assuming Disney Plus. Yeah. When you get to the Puck episodes, those are all an epic bra moment. <laughs> It's like in the middle of a a separate larger arc. There's a lot of puck stuff. There's a lot of puck stuff. Yeah. So what 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 else? What else can there be? You know, here's the thing. I was checking the character list. I don't think they ever dealt with any of the Celtic pantheon, even though they're from Scotland. Um, Celtic, no. Norse, a little bit. Well, I think. Yeah. Odin shows up. I think up. there was a bit of dabbling uh. in the comics. Because uh, probably the comics did do a lot of interesting stuff, and I'm not super versed in them. Yeah, and I think there was a Finn McCool somewhere who is like a big time Irish hero. Oh yeah, yeah. There was an episode um with that one. Yeah. Oh no, not Finn McCool. There was a uh, Lane. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was, I was, okay, now I'm looking at Celtic deities, and actually, so, so, so there's some overlap with Celt, uh, um, Irish and Scottish and just Celtic in general, but it looks like we know a lot more about the Irish pantheon than we do about the Scottish. Mm. Yeah, the and Irish the monks were a the Scottish lot more on like, top of recording stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, the Scottish are kind of rammed together with the Hebrides and the Orkneys and the Picts, even. Sure. Yeah. Well, but, but I was trying to say that, <laughs> hey, if we can find a way to shoehorn the Morgan in on account of She's My Favorite. Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah. This show is 100% Celtic. 
all over shoehorning everything in. Please and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, a whole arc, magical boat bullshit, where you go where you, wherever they decided they wanted the episode to be that week. <laughs> We're gonna do whatever we want. <laughs> we have a magic boat! <laughs> we have a magic boat, and we're in Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're in a magic boat, and now we're in Arizona? This is fine. There's weird stuff in Arizona. <laughs> is, does Arizona have a coastline? Um, no. They end up floating into a pool. Huh. <laughs> it's like a college swimming pool. Huh. That's actually very good. Yeah, it's great. Um. <laughs> oh, okay, hang on. Hang on, apparently... <laughs> Apparently Jordan Peele has expressed interest in doing a film with the property. Yeah, um, that was in like 2018, and I haven't heard if it's been picked up or anything. That's the last... Oh, that's because Jordan Peele has 7,000 projects at once. Yeah, Oh that's my valid. god, he's turning into Guillermo oh. del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least he's smart enough to like, here's the concept. Now here's a cool uh, up-and-coming black woman showrunner to actually bring it to life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He delegates. I would be super down for just handing this entire thing to Jordan Peele. Being like, go, run, take it. Or at least giving this to someone Jordan Peele knows who's going to do this yeah. well. Yeah. Here, take this, give it to someone who will do good. Mm, mm, okay, hang on, hang on. I have a concept. I have no idea if, if, if it's... Okay, so what if Jordan Peele produces, <laughs> okay. but the actual like showrunner... Is Kiana Mai? Ooh, um, wait, remind me what she's done. She, if you see the the really good like um cartoony Team Rocket fan art on Twitter, yes. where it's like Jesse and James are married and yes. all the whatnot. I know exactly yeah, what you're referring to. <laughs> yes, that's Kiana Mai's work. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's she she can do a multitude of styles. Mm-hmm. But ima- imagine her show running a Gargoyles reboot. Ah, incredible. That is something I have written down. I want an update on the, some of the designs. <laughs> on a lot of the designs. I want better outfits. Please give me better gargoyle fashion. <laughs> what, you don't like loincloths? No! I never want to see a loincloth again. <laughs> Please give them pants. <laughs> Let them have pants. They're flying everywhere. Let them have pants. Give Lexington some board shorts. Uh, yes. <laughs> Give Lexington some board shorts and a boyfriend. <laughs> we, were, Lexington we were discussing earlier. This. <laughs> discussing earlier. Apparently, in the comics, Lexington gets a large deer gargoyle, British deer gargoyle boyfriend. Oh, it's one of the British ones. He's one of the British I love ones. It. Nice. All the British gargoyles are animals. Yeah, there's like a bird. His name's Griff, so I think he might just be a griffin. Um, but there's also a lion and a unicorn. Yeah, and then the comics they add the deer and a pig woman. Oh, that's fun. But yeah, again, if we're keeping this in New York, uh, there's a lot of uh, clothing places that aren't going to ask too many questions about who this, uh, who these outfits are for. <laughs> yeah, like. I, I, okay, like in one episode, like Lexington built a motorcycle for Brooklyn so Brooklyn could just ride around on a motorcycle for the fun of it. Um, like, they're smart enough. They can get fashion. <laughs> Let them have fashion. 
I mean, I feel at a certain point, the New Yorker just got used to this flavor of weirdness. Probably. <laughs> like, oh, it's Tuesday. Time for cyborg. T- time for our action hero TV stars to turn into cyborgs <laughs> and one werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that does happen. Um, I want, I want Hudson to have, like, some grandpa sweaters. Oh my god. Yes. Like, just a real chunky knit sweater. Please, he deserves it. (laughs) (laughs) And, okay, okay. We need to talk about Bronx. Oh yeah, Bronx. What is he? (laughs) (laughs) JD also has this issue. Because I'm like, oh yeah, he's a gargoyle, but he's a dog gargoyle. And he's like, no, that's different. That's not a gargoyle. The gargoyles are people. But he's, um, he's a gargoyle, but he's a dog gargoyle. <laughs> he's a dog goyle. Um, he doesn't have wings, so he just runs around on all fours and barks. He kind of looks like that dog thing from the first uh, Ghostbusters movie. <gasps> yeah! Yeah! Super Maybe that's like what a bulkier version by. of that. <laughs> yeah. There are um other dog gargoyles seen in other parts of the show. Um there's one on Avalon and there's one in Japan who kind of looks like a dragon. Uh and I think I forget what the one in Avalon looked like. One <laughs> Google Gargoyles <laughs> Avalon dog? <laughs> oh, I did find an image. Um, the Gargoyles wiki says that he's a gargoyle beast. Yeah. Verdica? They are gargates. Gargates. Which is, are an order of animals composed of gargoyles and gargoyle beasts. The earliest known beast was the Hound of Ulster. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like a weird, separate, different species that has the exact same... Daytime affliction, as gargoyles do. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> they needed a dog. Someone has to keep Frank Welker employed. Is that who it was? I think that's who it was. <laughs> that would make sense. I mean, he still voices Scooby-Doo. Frank Welker will be voicing Scooby-Doo until he dies. And by he, I do mean Scooby-Doo, not Frank Welker. <laughs> I think he's made a pact. Yeah. Uh neither can die unless the other is killed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're 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 bound together. Which is also a thing that happens in gargoyles, by the way. Oh really? Oh. Uh yes. Uh Demona, who is the resident villain gargoyle, <laughs> um and literal Macbeth are soul-bound together, and are immortal, and cannot die unless one of them kills the other. Even even when, even when Mac survives to- oh right, yeah, he survives in modern day, because Demona's also alive, uh-huh. so now he has an army of doombots and a gun. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's an interesting that a- take on, on, uh, no son of woman born could kill Macbeth. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. Like I said, it's Shakespearean fanfiction. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, if we got, if they already did Kuka Lane, we could throw in some Giash in there. That's what the Irish called the certain like curses. 
Well, they're not really curses. Oh, okay. They're more like, uh, how would I describe them? They're orders. Yeah. <laughs> you have super strength as long as you don't eat this dog. Sure. And then you inevitably get tricked into eating that specific dog. Yeah. And then there's weird stuff like, I have a guess that you cannot be killed on horseback or on foot or clothed or naked or at, do- at day or at night or by a weapon that was uh, morally forged. And then I can't remember who this was, but basically <laughs> he got killed uh, with one foot on a goat and another in a bucket while only wearing a net at dawn. Uh, and he was stabbed with a spear that was only forged during mass. <laughs> That's so specific. How do you find yourself in that situation? Be an Irish hero. Because when you make a prophecy, uh, when you make a prophecy, someone's going to find a way to fuck it up. No, that adds up. That adds up. <laughs> um, What else does this show need? Less property damage. Fewer guns. Clones? Clones. Are we still cloning people? Oh yeah, no, there are clones. Yes. No, we're keeping the clones. <laughs> Bring the clones back. The okay, so the final season of the show um writes the clones out. <laughs> the final season is not real. Yeah, That's all I know. One of the, the co-creators of the show wrote on the first episode of the final season and then was kicked off the show, and then he went on to make the comics, which led off from that first episode and completely ignored the rest of that final season. Because <laughs> huh. uh, he was like, no, that's not canon. That's not my show. These comics are what's supposed to happen. Uh, so I don't know what happens to the clones in the comics, but they're probably fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's clones of all the main gargoyles. So we have Malibu, Brentwood, Hollywood, <laughs> beautiful downtown Burbank. <laughs> And also Delilah, who's a fusion clone of Demona and Elisa. Yeah, because, um, honestly, I think whoever was writing it just thought that that would be hot. <laughs> I'm like 100% sure that that's where that came from. From a, from a purely objective perspective, yeah. sure. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> I can't believe they created a character named Delilah a good decade before they had a chance to ask her what it's like in New York City. Right? <laughs> Maybe that song was written about her. Oh, shit. (laughs) No, apparently there is a real Delilah and she fucking hates that song. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Um, I, uh, that song comes up a lot because I was in a long distance relationship for a long time and like, oh, here's the song about a long distance relationship, but I can't stand it. I don't like that song at all because every time I hear it, I just think about how much (laughs) that poor woman, (laughs) like, (laughs) is fucked over by it. <laughs> yeah, I I can't imagine being the subject of the of a song and hearing it every time I go to the grocery store. Yeah, it's wild. <sighs> yeah. Um, but if I pretend it was written by or written about half gargoyle, half human clone, um, that's way better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, other notes that I have: let Elisa and Goliath kiss more. <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> this is important to did, me. Did they actually kiss in the show? They kiss once in like Hell yeah. uh the the final episode basically. Um if you don't count that that's final season. L- one kiss is two kisses more than I'd expect from a Disney cartoon. Honestly, the whole show cuz like they they clearly are like romantically into each other 
for the majority of the show, and the whole time I'm watching it, I'm just like, just let them kiss. Just let them kiss. And they do get one. And after that, I'm just, I spent the rest of the show being like, okay, but let them kiss again. <laughs> it's 2020. <laughs> let the woman kiss the gargoyle. <laughs> Can can you can you imagine? There'd probably be an episode where like Goliath gets turned human for a day. Oh and no, that episode already exists. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it was a dream, uh, created by Titania to show him what, how how it wasn't any better than his already the life he was already living. Um, okay. But that episode does exist. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> he and Elisa are married, and they have two kids. <laughs> In in the dream, but but then Elise is like, you're actually more attractive as a gargoyle. Um, probably, probably. We're going by beauty, Beauty and the Beast logic. Yeah, there's an episode. There's a Halloween episode where literally, uh, Goliath and Eliza dress as Beauty and the Beast and do the dance. Oh my god! <laughs> it's incredible. Hang on. Hold up. Hold up. I'm, hold up, man. I need a minute. <laughs> Because Disney can do that. <laughs> and it was so good. <laughs> I also... Oh, now I remember... Okay, I don't remember that happening in the episode, but I do remember how uh, the other plot of that episode was that the other gargoyles go trick-or-treating, and everyone's like, Whoa, you're dressed as a gargoyle, dressed as a pirate! And they're all like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. <laughs> Everyone should watch Gargoyles. Why are we rebooting this? Just everyone go watch Gargoyles. <laughs> the reboot is actually, we're just reissuing the DVDs again. Yeah. Um, The DVDs went out of production. Okay, no, we were looking this up. Uh, I don't remember the exact dates because I'm really bad at numbers. But the first DVDs were released in like the early 2000s. And then it was like seven years before the second half of season two was released. <laughs> I don't know why. It's always licensing. It always comes back to licensing. Yeah, but like half of season two and then not the rest of it? Season two is 54 episodes. Because there was probably like a voice actor in the second half of season two who their contract had had like some kind of stipulation that like they had to go get their permission to release it on home production or something. And so they didn't have that permission until like years later and they had to track them down. That's very likely. The second half of season two does introduce new characters um such as goliath's daughter uh who becomes the only female uh gargoyle aside from the bad guy in the show aside from the bad gargoyle and the different bad gargoyle yes wait different one the clone yeah the clone the clones are neutral because they don't have any brains (laughs) okay okay (laughs) The clones were programmed with with one with only one brain cell that tells them to obey Thalog, which is the smart clone who made the rest of the clones. Thalog is Goliath's clone. Thalog is Goliath backwards. The rest of the clones are just dummies that do whatever he says. Um, and then Thalog dies, and they're like, "What are we supposed to do?" Oh, this is spoilers. I'm so sorry. Um, you can cut this out if you want, but I feel like I need to tell you specifically that Thalog dies and they don't know what to do, so they get taken- the clones don't know what to do, so they get taken in by the half-cat, half-gargoyle people who live underground. 
<laughs> because they'll take anyone because they're already a mess. Yeah. Um I love the cat people. There is <laughs> there is a cat person who's like not a good cat person who says out loud in an episode um so <laughs> I mentioned that Demona turns into a human during the day and this transform this transformation is incredibly painful and she does a lot of yelling when this happens. Um, bad guy, cat gargoyle man, watches this happen, looks at the viewer, like, looks to the camera, and says out loud, kinky. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, everyone should watch Gargoyles, it's incredible. What the shit? <laughs> so, so For kids! Oh, oh, Disney's rating is six and older. What was going on at Disney at the time that they were able to get away with shit like that? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, this this character is voiced by Jim Belushi, if that makes it any better. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know if it makes it better or worse. I don't either. <laughs> now, now, we need someone to slap the according to Jim logo on top of a gargoyle screen cap. <laughs> He's the bad gargoyle. He's like, ah, oh, we need a villain for a genetically altered cat boy. How about Jim Belushi? Um, yeah, no, he's a reoccurring character, too. <laughs> like, it's great. <laughs> so all we need to do, really, is animate the comics and go a bit further so that more people can kiss. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's what I want from the show. <laughs> Elisa can kiss Goliath, and Brooklyn can kiss... His Japanese wife, who apparently they have a kid together, his name is Nashville. Hell yeah. And Lexington, Lexington the Twink Gargoyle, can kiss <laughs> the the large deer gargoyle, <laughs> all, pure white fur with angel wings. Ooh. The logical conclusion that you would expect to someone who was turned gay by the Sugar We're Going Down music video. But again, this came out like a decade too early. <laughs> um... The, the fun thing about um, Lexington is uh, his original character design, like, the original plan was for that character to be female. So you also get a cool trans boy, is how I've interpreted that. Uh, that is also how I'll interpret this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is excellent. Um, so, yeah, in the reboot, that's explicit. Also, he's gay. Uh, Lexington is my favorite of the gargoyles. <laughs> Just in general. This is unrelated. Um... Yeah, no, like, I mean, honestly, it's, like, I've gushed about it a lot, but it is, I I think it is a very good show, and I think if it were to be brought back or rebooted, most of what needs to be done is just updating and tweaking things and making things a little bit more modern and maybe taking things less in the direction of gunfights <laughs> and more in the direction of uncovering mysterious artifacts and stuff. Um, cause a lot of the show's core concepts are really solid. Yeah. And also needs to continue doing the deep cuts into, like, <laughs> Shakespeare and Celtic mythology, cause I was just going through yeah. Gargoyle antagonists on TV tropes, and they have Falstaff <laughs> slash John Oldcastle. Ooh. And if you're an aficionado of, like, the Wars of the Roses and know about, like, that time period, John Oldcastle's gonna ring some bells. 
<laughs> See, that's the thing. I'm not super versed in a lot of the history, so, like, a lot of the references honestly go over my head. Okay. Um, but I know that, like, a lot of the stuff is references. There's very little of the show that's not, like, a reference to something. Yeah, like, a bunch of the bad guys are descendants from uh, early kings of Scotland back when it was still known as Elba. Hmm. Yeah. And, like, the one family uses the name Canmore, which was a a by name for uh, Malcolm the... Which Malcolm was it? There were several Malcolms who ruled Scotland. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I think there was a character that was named Malcolm. Um, I couldn't tell you what the yeah, last name was. That Canmore was Malcolm the Third. Sure. Yeah. Who was <laughs> the son of King Duncan, that Duncan from Macbeth? Yes. That's where that's where the stories come in. Um, yeah, Duncan's also a character. <laughs> There's it, the the writers of the show like did their homework. There's they they clearly were super into the history of stuff, and that's the part of the show that I think is super fascinating. Yeah, and I love the way that that all gets bridged to like the the present day plot lines. Is very good. Is there anything else we can think of? I feel like we've covered just the very few things that we need to do for for good. Yeah, I mean, it, it more lady characters. Yes. <laughs> um, the show actually, like the original show, does a pretty good job of having like a diverse racial cast, like a racially diverse cast. I said that backwards. Um, <laughs> um, like it it does a pretty good job of like. Mo- uh, it- uh, most of the villains are white, but like the majority of the good guys aren't. So I don't know if that means I mean, anything. Yeah, yeah, but- that's, that's probably a good sign yeah. that the, all the whiteness is on the bad side. Yeah, and like I, I, I wasn't expecting like when I went back and started watching it, I wasn't expecting it to be like as diverse as it was, and I, I was super into it. I just wish there were more cool ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and like there, there are a decent number of okay. There's three, <laughs> which is still higher than you'd expect from a '90s yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like specifically, like more Lady Gargoyles. I guess more Lady Gargoyles. Um, yeah, like they bring in Angela, uh, season two, um, and she like mentions at one point that she has like 15 sisters, um, that are back on the magical island or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, give me them. <laughs> Let's can we please go to the island, the magical island of gargoyle women? Yeah, give me the gargoyle ladies, because like she's the only one there in New York, and so obviously all of the boys are like d- trying to get her to fall in love with them, um, and are all super jealous of each other and whatever. And that that lasts for like one episode. Thankfully, it stops after that. Um, but like she's like, I have fifteen sisters. Go date them, and I'm like, yes, let them. Let me! Yeah. It's fine! <laughs> uh, um, I, yeah, like, I do... Some of my notes in regard to doing a potential sequel show would be following um, specifically some of the those daughters from Avalon, who, uh, because time works differently, would have just left their magical island shortly after the original show ended, and then would have shown up. Um, in the modern day, uh, maybe in New York or maybe somewhere else. Um, and that could be a fun way to sort of kickstart the, the whole thing again. And then you also get to like, uh, (laughs) Xanatos has a son. (laughs) 
who is half fae and can do magic. <laughs> and if we rebooted the show as like a sequel show, then we would get to have him grown up. And that could be very fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So like there is like potential to sort of do it either way. Um, but probably rebooting it would definitely get more uh, of, like, a new audience. And you can always use time travel bullshit. <laughs> the show loves some time travel bullshit. Yeah. I think that covers most of my notes. Yep. I think that covers it. <laughs> so, I guess in that case... Uh, oh no, it's the sun. Quick, listen to a French promo. We'll be turned to stone. <laughs> uh... Ah, what a fun and wacky Rube Goldberg sequence where one of us messed up the plan, but we still captured the crabby creature of Creepy Crag. And now it's time to reveal who's behind the mask. Kids and their dog? The Scooby-Doo Movie Review and Recap Podcast? Oh yeah, the show where I, your Hanna-Barbera talking animal Cassidy, and you, Lava, watch a Scooby-Doo movie once a month and talk about it. This was all part of its clever ploy to let people know that it can be found on Twitter, at Kids and Their Dog, or wherever you download podcasts. Ah, and they would have gotten away with it too. If it weren't for us meddling kids. Ah, and I'm back. Oh, I guess that was only me that turned into stone. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ah, they do always <laughs> yell for some reason when they break out of the stone. They they immediately yell. I don't. Well, they're they're stretching. Yeah, I guess so. I'm only. Yeah, you, you know kinda. when you you wake up and you stretch your arms out and you go ah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I do that every morning. <laughs> it's a good way to release tension, especially in your yep. shoulders. Yeah, and they've got those wings that they gotta stretch out. Oh, yeah. That's basically a second pair of shoulders. Yeah, that's twice as many shoulders. <laughs> All right, Alex. Yes. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Sorry, I'm so rambly. No, it's good. It's a perfect energy. Uh, where can people find said energy on the internet with you? Um, where, where, you. Where, where are you? I am most consistently... Um, on Twitter at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. Um, that's, I mean, I do other stuff on the internet, but that's where I am most of the time and most consistently. <laughs> um, I also have a podcast uh, called Sorted, colon, not if I reboot you first is the technical full title. Wait, uh, no, no, it's not. What? <laughs> I just said your show title. My brain's super goofed. I'm like, no, that's what I'm doing today. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is the second podcast I've recorded today. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have a podcast, uh, Sorted, colon, uh, Not a Harry Potter Podcast, uh, is the full technical title. Um, and you can find that at Sorted Pod on Twitter. We sort characters into Harry Potter houses. <laughs> uh, it's real dumb. <laughs> I will. I will say, 
Um, th- that concept might be a red flag for a lot of people because of the obvious reasons. Mm. But the, the this podcast is like the only Harry Potter related thing I can vouch for <laughs> these days. <laughs> because <laughs> originally we were a little bit worried of having the subtitle be not a Harry Potter podcast. Um, but like with every passing day, I'm a little bit more reassured that we are like we're not a Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're trying to distance ourselves. From the terrible lady. <laughs> yeah, and because tr- truly, the only Harry Potter things that are discussed are tearing apart how bad the stories are. Yeah, we take time every episode to try to fix Harry Potter in some way. <laughs> yeah, and and sorting characters into houses, which is a fun thing because it's really it's really just saying which who's who's a jock, who's a nerd, who's n- nasty boy, <laughs> and who else is here. <laughs> yeah. It- really is basically just character analysis and categorizing and it's just a system that we've sort of co-opted to talk about characters on shows that we like also for the very very good chemistry between you and your hubby yeah y- you are my favorite podcasting couple <laughs> yay oh that's delightful you're, you're tied for first with two other podcasting couples that's valid that's valid <laughs> Yeah, is it? All right. What else do I, I don't know what else to say. I think, I, th- I don't know, if that, that's all you're on, so that's, that's, that's all you have it's to mention, enough. I guess. <laughs> I do art for podcasts a lot for some reason. Uh, yeah. Hit me up, I'll do art for your podcast. <laughs> Lindsay, how about you? I can be found on Twitter at LindsayM476. It's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast at, on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Boot You First, and they're pronounced Good. You could also email us at not if I about you first. We can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, or your gargoyle boyfriend. Please. Uh, you could also send us a friendship promo if you want to send either a proof for us to read or the audio file itself. We will promote your YouTube channel, your podcast, your DeviantArt page, whatever you want. We'll do it for free because we love promoting stuff. You could also ask to be a guest, but if you do, try and send us a hint because we like being surprised. Um, we have a Patreon that you should not support. There are a ton of more important things that you should put your money towards, uh, including helping fight wildfires, helping protect trans people, helping protect back women, and bail funds in Louisville. But, because we do have some people who are able to uh, patronize us alongside those things, we want to give a shout-out to those people who were, were thankful for doing that. <laughs> what the fuck? I really need to rewrite this to include that. Anyways, we want to thank Charlie, Cassidy, Jenny, Julia, and Christina. Thank you all. Um, but if you do want to support us outside of that, you can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Not if I but you first is a member of the Corner Podcast Network. And you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at Corner Pod on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alexic A. Pachu, and her work can be found on, t- on ptchew.com. Hey! That's me! I know that person! <laughs> That's me! <laughs> And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us how to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. You know, we should really see if Sean wants to come on here now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, send me your gargoyle sonas. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Email us the gargoyle sonas. Um, I have one sketched out, and I'm scared to put it on the internet, but it does exist. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm so glad. (laughs) 
Gem sonas are out. Yeah. Gargoyle sonas are in. Gargoyle sonas in 2020. That's <laughs> what we need. Yep. All right. Um. The that's. I think. Yeah. That that covers. Ah, Lindsay. Tanner. Next week we have another guest. Woo. <laughs> so yeah, probably more spooky next week because of specifically it's we're going to be talking about a cult horror film from the seventies. Ooh. Um, for for a hot second, I thought we were going to be talking about the society, but the society is from 1989. Okay. So we're not yet going to be uh, discussing a place where I can once again use the term flesh Voltron. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can I start over? Can we reboot Gargoyles as a horror? (laughs) I changed my mind. (laughs) No, that's Jordan Peele's going to do it. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Peele will just lean into the gothicness of it. Ah, oh, hell yeah! Exactly. All right. Okay. I think. I think. I think we've reached the end. <laughs> Alex, thanks for coming on again. <laughs> Thank you. And and we'll see you all next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. Bye. raising your hand oh no you're just touching your head i am just scratching the head (laughs) it's like do you have a thought (laughs) you're welcome to speak